That was awesome. Expect the unexpected, right? Bam! <laughs> oh my goodness. You know, we've had some fun stuff happen up here. Really good words. Matt, you knocked it out of the park last week. That was awesome. This morning, you know, most of you know me historically, and Steve Shaw would have said the same thing, the former pastor. You know, we left the church calendar many years ago. You know, there's a lot of talk of Advent and things like that, and, and I, I understand all that, but man, I just want to go where Jesus is going. And, and I just know, and I'm convinced and convicted with all of my heart that in the presence of God, everything changes, Right? I'm not knocking any of that. I know it's powerful and there's great, incredible things in that. Hymns, gospel, I love all that stuff. But for me, my heart right now in this season is I'm pursuing God with all of my heart. And I want the raw and the real. I want that hope that when I get up in the morning, there's total restoration flowing through me. Amen? You know, um, Garris Elkins, he posted something I thought was really good. Being a mechanically inclined person, I could really get my head and my heart around this. Most of you know who Garris Elkins is, those of you that don't. He's quite a prophetic voice in this season. He's an amazing man of God, and I really love his perspectives. And he said this, he said, not all advice is wise. (laughs) That's good. I recently read a piece of advice given to someone whose vehicle dashboard warning light was blinking, indicating there's a problem. How many of us have seen that check engine light flashing? Okay. The non-mechanical advisor said, just put a piece of tape over the light. (laughs) I can't tell you how many cars I've worked on that first thing I do is I'll I'll take out my diagnostic tool and I want to plug it in and see what codes are showing see how many codes it has thrown. So at least it gives you an area to start in, but there's no light on. And you crawl under there and somebody has removed the bulb. It just annoyed him, so they just shut it down. In the last few months, he goes on to say, I've come to realize many within the church are driving their faith around with tape placed over the warning signals of the Spirit. These warnings are being issued regarding what is taking place in our culture and sadly within the church. The warning lights have been dismissed by those who have been hypnotized by the deception that says nothing is wrong, nothing is amiss. They have been encouraged by their leaders to tape over the warning lights and to keep on driving because confronting the cause of the warning is somehow considered inappropriate to a life of faith. Wow. Wow. Wisdom requires that we peel off the tape of our dismissals and discern the cause of the warnings. A taped over problem will allow us to move forward a little longer, but in the end, the engine of that kind of faith will fail. This morning, I want to start a series. Uh, I'll start today. The next two weeks are going to be a little different Christmas and stuff going on. But I want to start a new series, uh, and I want to talk about the greatness of the gospel. Because I think we're in this moment in history where we're being told by 
those that be in power, wherever they may be, that the gospel right now is dismissed as just a fairy tale. It's really not effective. It's really not powerful. But you go ahead and go do your thing, but it has no place in today's moment. And I've heard that. Turn with me, if you would, to Luke chapter 2. There is nothing like the birth of Jesus, the coming of the Savior, in my opinion, to get my heart moving. A little context here. Most of you know this story by heart. We sing it. Oh, by the way, we had our school Christmas program the other night, and this place was packed beyond belief. It was packed out in the foyer. There... There were several hundred people here. It was unbelievable. And, and I'm not convinced they all came just to hear the kids because some of the people had no family connection here at all. They had to come because they heard the church was open and there was something about Christmas happening. In a moment when we were being told to shut the doors... I will fight that with all of my heart and everything within me. And we've done a good job of keeping the doors open because we believe that in this moment, Jesus is what's needed the most, the gospel. You know, just a little context here on Luke chapter 2. There is this 400-year period between uh, the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's called the intertestamental period. It's this time when there was no prophets that we know of. We don't hear about them until John the Baptist. It was, it was this period of time between the composition of the last book of the Old Testament and the first book of the New Testament. A lot of time. We don't have that time recorded in the, in the Word, but extra-biblical information outside historically will give us some accounts that this was a very dark and very tumultuous time in the life of anyone living in that time dispensation. And God was silent. As far as we know, nothing. Now, think about that backdrop as all of a sudden, it says, In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And everyone went to their own town to register. It's the story of Mary and... I got a ring up here, Jason. Is he still here? I heard a ring in my... Thanks, buddy. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee uh, to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. We have seen this. In many play, how many grew up with this and probably in a play like this at some point in time? Yeah, yeah, it's an awesome moment in our history. And then it says, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord, now remember, 400 years of nothing but crickets. Nothing. And all of a sudden, this angel shows up. 
And, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. 400 years of silence. Wouldn't you be terrified? All of a sudden, an angel shows up, and all this glory comes. Woo! What a moment. Of course they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for some people. No, for all people. Again, the angel's saying, do not be afraid. Hey, guys, we bring great, great, incredible news that, that, that will bring great joy for all people. And then he goes on to explain, today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And it goes on, it says, you'll find him wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and said, can you imagine that? You're just out there in the field, tending your sheep, doing your thing, whatever that looks like, and all of a sudden, an angel comes up, and you're like, and then all of a sudden, I don't know how that went, but you're hearing these angels, and you're seeing this, I grew up in choir, acapella choir and stuff, and I know what it's like to be with a hundred some people on the stage and singing, but this is way beyond this. This is like way, way, way beyond that. Can you imagine how it just reverberated throughout the desert? It had to have been incredibly awesome and terrifying at the same moment. <clears throat> Clyde, could you get me a water or something, please? <clears throat> Excuse me. And then it says, they were singing glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. I'm going to tell you, every one of you that are here today that have asked Jesus into your heart, his favor truly does rest upon you. Amen. It's not beside you. It's not like you've got to run around and find the spotlight to stand in it. It rests upon you. And being born again, filled with the Spirit, it's inside of you. Coming out, out of you. Oh. It's incredible. So, I want to talk about, then they, they hurried off and they went to find Mary and Joseph. You guys know the story. But I want to talk to you guys about this good news. How powerful is this good news really? You know, right now there is a tremendous amount of focus being put on mental and emotional health in this moment and in this season. You're not hearing about it, but... Man, there's suicide. There's all kinds of bizarre things going on. People are tanking right now. They need a hope. <clears throat> and they're not getting it from the world. But strangely and oddly enough, a lot of the church and, and people have walked away from their faith in this moment too. Why is that? An another one is, is and I'm, I just picked some random areas. Another one is activism. Everybody wants to be heard in this moment. Oh, there's this group, that group, they all want to be heard, and they all want to change some wrong that they feel is wrong, and they're going after it with passion. But is the gospel big enough for that? Thanks, Clyde. <clears throat> you didn't put anything in that, did you? And certainly in this season, in this moment, in everywhere you go outside, you see people ringing bells and, 
and, and there's these compassionate acts of service going on, which is really flowing out of the hearts of many people. But is the gospel in that? Can these areas be misguided? Hmm, got kind of quiet in here. Bottom line is, is, is this good news, is this good news enough for our generation? Is this good news enough for such a time as this? I'm hearing people say, because as a pastor, I deal with some of these broken hearts, the phone calls, the, the emails from people that are saying, Jesus just isn't enough. It's just not cutting it right now. And I think what's happened is they never either understood or they never got their head around the greatness of the gospel. Amen? <clears throat> Paul says, I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. Let me read that again. Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. But we have to remember as believers that the gospel is always relevant. It is always transformative. And it is always our central message. It is both timely and timeless. We have to understand that. This gospel that we carry, this message that we carry is always relevant. If I hear someone say, this really doesn't apply today. That is so wrong. Are you kidding me? It's everything you need today. <clears throat> you know, we, I don't need to tell you guys, I'm preaching to the choir in this area. We know that we're in a spiritual battle, right? And, and, and when you are faced with a challenge that places a demand on you to succeed, you come prepared. Your tools will match your task. Your weapons must match the war, right? And, and your strength must match the struggle that you and I are in. You know, in the spiritual task before us, and I don't need to go all through Philippians and all that, but we, we all know that there's a huge spiritual battle going on. But in this spiritual task before us, it's a war for the hearts of all of humanity. And, and, and in the struggles that you and I face today, there's only one set of tools that you and I can ultimately rely on, and that is the gospel. The gospel of Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? amen. That's good. That's good. <clears throat> the gospel. Wow. <clears throat> the good news. It's embodied in the life, the ministry, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus himself. That's why God is the power that brings salvation to everyone who believes. God is. This word gospel, it's an interesting word. It's a word that, it, it, that's translated from the Greek in the New Testament, euangelion. And, and it really means, in the New Testament wording, it really means this, this striking, authoritative, joyful announcement of incredibly good and joyful news. Did I say enough to emphasize that? 
The good news, the good news of Jesus, the gospel of Christ is the announcement that God has intervened for us in our challenging plight. In this very moment in Luke, we see he comes with rescue. He comes with hope. He comes with restorative power all in and through the life of Jesus himself. That is the gospel. That's really good news. Every heart that is broken can be healed. Every dream that has been trashed and stepped on and things that have been spoken can all be backed up and changed in and through the gospel of Jesus himself. You know, hear the words again of, of, and these are very familiar, John 3, 16. We all know this. But for God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Then it goes on in 17, for God did not send his son in the world to condemn the world. Man, we've got to change our message. I, you guys rock at this, but the church does have a habit of preaching this message. Religion does, that God's mad at you. You better, you better stop what you're doing. He's going to throw lightning at you and he's going to spank you. You're going to end up going to that fiery place. <clears throat> guys, God's not mad at us. He didn't send Jesus in the world to go around and condemn us but to save the world through him. You know, as followers of Jesus, you and I are faced with a plethora of of amazing options available to us as to how we can proceed in advancing the kingdom of God, the cause of Christ in our homes, in our circles of influence, in in the city, in the town, wherever you live. But, But in doing so, we're gonna have to come to grips again with the greatness and the power of the gospel. And I really believe that we're moving into a season of time when we're going to begin to experience the power of the gospel like we've never known before. A deeper understanding. Gospel, the revelation of Jesus, is going to go deeper and deeper. And some of you are already hearing that. That's what I love about different people sharing different perspectives up here. It's like we can speak on, <clears throat> we can speak on freedom, but freedom's a multifaceted gem. It's got different perspectives and angles and things that you look at. And so when different people come up to share, we get to see it from a different perspective. But I think it enlarges our revelation of a bigger picture, right? Right now I wrote, there are those who have dismissed the gospel and those who preach it as powerless and pointless. I'm going to tell you why I say this. Because I have come in contact with some pastors. um, I'm not going to say who, what, where, or how because it's not fair. But... These pastors are getting professional, secular counseling. They're going outside of of faith-based counseling, orthetic counseling, and they're moving more into just secular counseling. I remember sitting there talking to him. Why? I'm just curious why. Because the Word of God says we have the whole... Something is being disconnected. And something's being shorted out. Now, listen, hear my heart. I believe with all my heart that counseling can be beneficial, okay? But here's the point. Within the context of the greatness of the gospel, even the most well-trained counselor cannot ultimately bring this human heart of mind to a place of utter and complete freedom unless the power behind that counsel mm, is the transforming power of the gospel, the good news, the person of Jesus Christ. Amen? And, and we must never confuse a really good counselor, because there are some really good counselors. We must never confuse a good counselor with the only one who is the great physician. Which, a sidebar note, 
you know, to you would be, does your counsel that you're receiving point you to the great physician? Just something to ponder. Activism is really important. We have activists in this body, and I love these people. But let me tell you something. The most energetic activism will have impact. Yes, we see that. Broken windows, cars on fire, buildings, things, you know. That it definitely is activism having an impact. I'm not saying it's positive, but it's definitely having an impact, right? And it's really, I won't go there. You know, I, I wrote here, the most energetic activism will have impact, yes. Yet that impact will be far lesser and shorter term unless the power of the gospel is embodied in the people and their plans as they're working to reconcile a wrong. So when our people in this tribe go into those arenas and bring the gospel with them, that will change the world. This, this love, we see compassionate people doing these acts of service. I know that love can fl- flowing from a heart of compassion from one person to another really does have tremendous merit. We've been a lot of time going through the park and as, as, through the summer, and as the time got dark, it's darker and darker winter, and we've met down there with Love in Action, which on the 18th, they're coming up again to do feed people down. It has been tremendous. But I do know this. Jesus said, you'll always have the poor among you. If our goal is just to go into uh, their world and hand them something and step back, we're going to miss something. You know, our greatest efforts to love others motivated by compassion or altruism, that is where we were this selfless concern and the well-being for others, which I know a lot of people are. If, if that's what motivates us only, then we'll find, it, we'll find this, this, this something in our message falling short to solve the inner quest of a love-starved heart. My, my point is, is, unless they meet the person of Jesus, unless they meet love incarnate in the transforming power of Jesus Christ, it's all a wash. You may feel good, but in the end, nothing really happens in their lives. What excites me is when we reach out to someone on the streets or we pray for them and we, we invite them into the presence of God, we bring them into the gospel, we bring them into the kingdom, we see at that point truly something transforming their lives. Some of the people that work with love in action, you guys know John Carton, Val. That's John's story. He was lost, but now he's found. And he loves going down there because he knows that of all, he was like, he'll say it, I was like a sinner of sinners. But God saved me and I have so much to give back. But his heart and his passion is to bring the changing power, the transforming power of the gospel to the very ones that he's reaching out to. And, 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 and what does the heart-transforming power of the gospel have to do with mental and emotional health? What does it have to do with our faithful activism and our compassionate acts of service? Well, when you and I encounter the gospel, not only is our heart healed, is our heart changed and loved in that moment that we had that encounter with Jesus, how many remember that moment when you had that encounter with Jesus and something inside of you just started to turn and to churn and you realized that God just set everything anew in your heart? Nobody? 
Oh, just curious. Yeah, there we go. If not, we'll have an altar call. <laughs> ah. I'm telling you, when we encounter the gospel, the gospel has this incredible impact on our heart, especially in the area of relationships and any other area of society or any other arena of, of human living as you and I know it. Something in us changes and we, we walk out into and we move among people and there's something different about us in the way that we see even perceive them and in the way they see and perceive us. How many of you have had that moment when people, you know, you were <clears throat> BC, they knew you, and then now AC, they know you, and they're like, what happened? What, what happened? Or, or, I, I got, literally asked me, said, what kind of drugs are you doing? Because you're really different. You seem happy. All the time. Nothing seems to rattle your kid. What are you doing? I said, Gordy, man, it's just Jesus. Oh, it can't be that easy. Yeah, truly, it was just Jesus. I was real young in the Lord. I've shared this story. I had no idea how to really lead him to Jesus other than just give my testimony. So that night at Choo Choo Willie's, downtown Grants Pass, my pastor was with me and Gordy gave his heart to Jesus. He was introduced to the one that made that transformation in my heart and he received that transformation in his heart. You know, I'm telling you, when we are filled with the gospel and when we present the gospel and we move in that place of being in totally saturated with the gospel, I'm going to tell you, love lasts longer. Compassion will go so much deeper. And, and, and there is a change that will, uh, will be so endearing. It'll be sustained by that intrinsic power and the presence of Christ in our life. Amen. You know, any of our most valiant efforts without an encounter with Jesus at its core is just that. It's just the old college try. It's nothing but a valiant effort. And it's not one that's going to yield an enduring, eternally sustained transformation. And I believe there are some who the gospel was just another option to them. So they took the other option. And it really hasn't been sustaining. It really hasn't been transforming. It, 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 it really hasn't been anything that has helped them navigate these waters with confidence. Because I don't think in the journey they truly met. I don't think they truly met the one who brought the great news. I don't think they've truly met Jesus and experienced the love of God and the presence of God in their lives. I think these are some of the ones that are saying, you know, church, <clears throat> the gospel, Jesus, it's pretty much powerless and pointless. It's not doing any good for me. So I'm just going to move on. Look for something else. Turn over another rock. Go down another path. Check out another building. I don't know. You know, you may have heard it said that Jesus is the gospel. And I think that is a sufficient working a definition for the gospel on many levels and reasons. But I'm going to tell you, there is a deeper meaning of the gospel. And, and Phil Strout, the current leader of the vineyard right now, he said it like this. He said, the gospel is the good news that God intervened on behalf of humanity in the person of Jesus Christ. The gospel rests upon the history of Jesus Christ, his birth, 
obedient life, atoning death, physical resurrection from the dead, and his ascension into heaven. In the end, he will set all things right as it was intended. That's a beautiful definition of the gospel. Yes, Jesus is the gospel. But I'm going to tell you guys right now, a church that forgets that Jesus is that good news, the church or the people or the person, the believer that forgets that what we carry is the gospel and it remains the ultimate only hope for humankind, Mm. if that's us, if that's you, if that's them, here's what happens. I believe that they're in danger of becoming just another social institution or an ideology seeking to make its voice heard in the world. There are so many ideologies, so many voices out there that simply just want to be heard. For us, as believers, I believe that the gospel of Jesus should be our very DNA. Romans 8, 29 says, For those God foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. So as those, as believers, who are being conformed to the image of Christ, we must remember and never forget that the centrality of the gospel is all, is all that we do. Mixed in, mixed around, it's the center of everything. You know, the gospel for every heart in the world and every moment in history is always relevant. It's always transformative. And the gospel of Jesus must and must always be, again, our central message. You ever met somebody like that? It always seems to come back to Jesus. I love those people. Um, Smith Wigglesworth, there's a story about Smith and Someone took a ride out in the country with him, and they were driving, riding around, like 20, 25 minutes, and they were just talking about stuff. And he yells, stop the car, stop the car. And, and the guy's like, he's trying to figure out what he did wrong. You know, did I offend you something? And what I said, we're just talking stuff. And he goes, man, we can't forget God. Let's bring him into this conversation. Do we live our lives? Do we live our lives like we really believe that the gospel is as big as it is? The gospel, my friends, let me finish with this, is a tool that we bring to the task. It is the weapon that we bring to the war, and it is the strength that you and I bring to the struggle, the gospel. I believe that the gospel remains the most profound, applicable, reliable, and accessible way to address the issues of our time today. I do. I do with all my heart. I believe whether those issues are stirring in the hearts of individuals or they're being discussed in the halls of our social institutions, if we take the gospel into those arenas, it's going to change the world if we truly understand the power of what we're taking with us. I, I have a cousin, Dwight, who, <clears throat> he's a really, pretty much a simple country boy. He's just, he's awesome. He married my cousin, my other cousin. He married my cousin, uh, um, 
Carol, there we go, I'll get it. They live up in Wenatchee, up in that area, somewhere up there. But um, Dwight worked for Washington's ODOT, like we have Oregon Department of Transportation, Washington. Uh, he worked for them for years. And they would run into an, a situation, an issue, and they're trying to figure out how to do this and save a lot of money. And, and they, would, they would inevitably say, go get Simon. And so Dwight would come down and say, yeah, what you need? He said, well, we've got some engineers here. We're trying to figure out what we need to do here. And he would walk away. And he would inquire of God, what do they need to do, Father? He understood the power of Jesus. He understood the power of the gospel that was inside of him. And he said, I'd walk away. And they'd go, one of the guys later asked him, where do you go when you walk away? He says, I'm going and asking the creator of all this how we can fix this. It's his stuff. And he said, Dwight would walk back and, and he'd say, well, you know, I think if you just get some riprap in here, large boulders, da-da-da, it'll save you thousands, if not hundreds of thousands, tens of thousands of dollars. And the engineers are sitting there going, huh, well, I'll be. That's better than what we came up with. Do you hear what I'm saying? We carry in us not only the gospel of Christ, but in that gospel carries the ability to bring God answers to difficult situations strategies and ideas that can change the world. That's who we are. You're not here to be a spectator. You're here to be a participant. And the gospel gives you the power to walk into every arena of life and bring incredibly good news. That you know what? It's broken, but I know a father who loves you, loves me, and he wants to fix this, and he can. And we can do it in a way that isn't bizarre, weird, and wonky. We can simply speak that truth in love. So is the gospel enough for this generation? Of course it is. I don't need to tell you guys that, but I want to remind you of how great it really is. And if you see someone tanking right now, emotionally, health, whatever, man, come alongside them, encourage them that there's hope. Amen? Let's stand. I want to I challenge you guys to invite <coughs> your friends to church next Sunday. It's going to be fun. It's going to be awesome. And then our Christmas Eve service, that's going to be over the top. Um, I'm really expecting, with great expectation, God coming and moving in our midst. Lighting our pants on fire. Well, not literally, but... Yeah, that's okay. And causing us to want to just go outside of this building and go out into our circle of influence and shout from the mountaintops, Ah, Emmanuel. He's here. He's now. He's for us. Ah, thank you, Jesus. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for this morning. Father, I just pray that as we drive home and we look at the dash, Father, that if we have hidden things that we've masked over, we've taped over issues of our heart that have caused us to not be real with you in those areas that you really want to go deep in, I just pray you would give us the courage to rip that tape off and Really look under the hood and see what's happening. Why perhaps our heart is a little faint or we're feeling a little flat or we're feeling like we're not connecting. 
Father, you're the one that holds all that. Father, I just ask that you go down the corridor of our heart and, and open those doors and knock on those doors and show us where we need to surrender and what parts of us we need to surrender that we're still trying to hang on to, to give it all to you, God. Father, I just pray for peace that would flow over this amazing tribe as you would continue to cause us to be changed a little more in your image. And Father, we just thank you now. We, we just ask for peace and grace. We just thank you in Jesus' name. And Father, oh, whoa, one other thing. I want to lift up, I want to lift up all of those families who are suffering from that tornado yeah. that blew through back east, God. Oh, and Father, I just pray that your hand would show up. Father, we'd begin to hear stories and testimonies of how great and how glorious you are. Uh, Father, how you came alongside, how you were there at that moment, how you protected this person. And Father, you have a way of making what the enemy wants to turn to evil and make bad. You have a way of making it so good, God. And we just thank you. And we look forward to hearing those testimonies. And Father, if there's a way that we as a people and a tribe can pour into that in any way, show us, Father. And we just thank you in Jesus' name. And we all said, Amen. 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 Well, God bless you. Real quick ask, oh. I'm a little late, but if you want to join the choir next Sunday morning, I'm going to meet with you here right now for just a few moments. All right?